Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached Word of God in agreement to the Scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We can just pick up from here, but I want us to just pray and ask the Lord to touch our hearts. I will try to summarize just a little bit for those that have joined us in our second service. And uh, But I pray that the Spirit of God will just help us to reconnect I feel like God is ministering something to our heart. I really do. And so I pray that God will just touch us. And so let's just join together and ask God to minister today. Lord, I'm asking you to just anoint our minds together again. Lord, would you just help us to stand, Lord, firm on where we have already visited this morning. Let our minds and our spirits just stay in touch and in tune. And I pray... Lord, that you'll just anoint this word to our heart. Help us to receive it. Help us not just to hear it intellectually, but I pray, God, that we'll hear it with our heart and let it become a part of who we are as individuals in this day, in this 21st century. Help us, God, that we will not compromise the message that you have so carefully branded in our heart. In Jesus' name, And you may be seated. If you will... Uh, just put back up on the screen there with me, Genesis 19 and 14. And I mentioned Lot uh, and how that Lot had compromised the values of his life. He had compromised the values of, of his teaching. And uh, because of that, when the angel came to warn them, he and his family to leave Sodom and Gomorrah for the sure judgment that was to come. The Bible says that Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. And here's a tragic sentence. Tragic sentence. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. And that is because when we compromise where we stand, we lose our power of instruction and rebuke. Amen. The sons-in-law had had known of the compromises of Lot in his life. And uh, and oh, how tragic that would be. We base all of this on the premise of Aaron and how while Moses was on the mountain with God, receiving instructions not that would just impact their lives, but would impact mankind from that day forward. How that with just a simple request, Aaron lost sight of the big picture and made a calf of the gold and, and allowed them to worship around that. And uh, I think one thing that is abundantly clear, or it should be abundantly clear to us from this passage of Scripture, that after 400 years being in exile in Egypt, how that they had come out of Egypt, but Egypt had not come out of them. I mean, we can get out of the world and the world stay in us. Amen. So we need to we need to make sure that I come out far enough that I'm not just out of the world, but I want the world, the spirit of the world, the spirit of this age. I want that to be out out of me. And and uh, 
I will tell you that you will fall like a tree. You will fall in the direction you're leaning. Amen. And I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence, but in the New Testament, when the scripture talks about the young man that fell asleep and fell out of the window, he fell in the direction of his lean. And so if you're going to get weak and stagger and stumble, lean in. Amen. Because if I fall, I want to fall into his arms of mercy and I want to fall into his arms of grace. And so Lot here has so seriously compromised his witness to those of his own house would not even take him serious. And so that, that is the danger of trying to fit in. That's the danger of trying to just be one of the guys. Let me tell you what, can I tell you what the guys want? They want you to be different. They may never admit that, but they, they, they never tell you that, but they want you to be different. They're listening. I, I read an illustration. I have read this more than once. It is certainly told to be a true story and uh, because I, I have found this in more than one source, I will repeat it, but it is told that uh, a pastor of a local church got on a city bus. When he got on the city bus, uh, when, when the bus driver made change back to him, the driver gave him too much change. The preacher didn't realize that. The pastor didn't realize that until he got to his seat. And so when he got off at his stop as he made his way back past the bus driver, he told him, he said, I, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, but when you made change a moment ago, you gave me too much change and I want you to, I want to give this back to you. To which the bus driver replied, I did that on purpose because yesterday I attended your church and today you got on my bus and I wanted to see how you would handle this situation. Now, we may not ever have those aha moments, but I can promise you that people are watching how we respond they're watching how we act. They're watching how we react to things. And so we must be very, very careful. Amen. So what, what the crowd wants, they want you to take a stand, no matter how many times uh, you may think differently. If you can just imagine with me, and this is what I closed on, how different this story would have been if Aaron had just taken a stand and said, we're not going to do this. We need to remember that Moses is absent, but he's just not off on a fishing trip somewhere. Moses is on the mountain with God and God is giving us uh, some instructions, giving him some instruction. And, uh, and then I, I mentioned the fact that, that when they made the golden calf, when Aaron did compromise, they made the golden calf. Around that calf, they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings, but they did not offer any sin offerings. And, uh, and uh, I think that it's important to to note that, no mention of a sin offering. In other words, they just kind of went through a little bit of religious religious ritual and they felt somehow this will do, somehow this will do. And I can tell you that in churches all across America today, there are pews that are filled with people that come to just go through a few little religious antics and they're going to get up and walk out of that church and they're going to live ever how they want to live because they feel like whatever I offered God, that God is so desperate, he'll turn a deaf ear or he'll turn a blinded eye to what I'm doing. And I want to just tell you today that that is not the truth. Just because God doesn't judge everyone instantly does not mean that God is not keeping a record. And it does not mean that it's not going to affect our own eternity. But more tragically, if you can say it that way, but more tragically than that, it is the testimony, our own personal witness and our own personal testimony that gets damaged in the process of all that. And so I say, Lord, help us to continue to fight the good fight of faith. 
Amen. The, the people were doing, they just offered a burnt offering to the Lord and, and uh, they thought that was going to be enough. And here's what they were really trying to do. They were trying to make a God in their own image as though they were saying the golden calf isn't God. Amen. Isn't, isn't God. And, and we shouldn't be dancing before a golden calf, but it's okay because we've asked God to bless this. And I'm going to tell you today, there's just some things God can't bless. There's some things God's not going to bless. We can't just package something together and just expect that God's going to come down the, the it's going to come down the conveyor belt and God is just going to say, okay, it's not going to happen that way. And so all of this begs the question, how did they get into this mindset? How did they arrive at this place? How, amen, somehow in their minds they had rationalized God for who they wanted him to be instead of God being who he really is. And that is exactly where we are today. It seems that, that people uh, today are, are not wanting the God of the Bible. They're just wanting a 21st century God a designer God that will just kind of fit into the concept and the scope of whatever they want. Amen. In a recent poll, 95% of Americans say they believed in God. 90% believe in heaven. 84% said they believed in hell. 72% believed in the devil. And 79% claimed to be a Christian. At first glance, that may appear to be good news, but I do not agree. I do not agree. Amen. And here's why I don't agree. I've been around long enough that I remember preaching to people that knew they were lost. Amen. Am I just sounding like an old dud today? Amen. I've been preaching long enough, Brother Gibson, to remember preaching to people that understood I am going to hell if I don't change my ways. Amen. But but we're preaching to people today where it's hard to find anybody that's not saved. Amen. I'm not being smart, a smart aleck this morning, but I'm telling you that people are breaking the laws of God left and right, and they still say, but I'm okay. Everything is all right. Amen. I'm going to tell you that what's wrong is they're not worshiping the God of the Bible. They're worshiping the God that's in their mind, that they think everything is all right. We're worshiping a God that we've just made up that will fit into our mindset and our culture. People think we can do and live ever how we want to live and that God is just somehow at the end of the day, he's going to be so desperate that he'll just accept whatever I offer him. That is not the God I read about in Scripture. That is not the God that I read about in Scripture. Not at all. Amen. And, and people get out of uh, beds of fornication, whether that's literally or spiritually. Amen. And they walk into church and raise their hands and they just assume everything is going to be all right. And I'm going to tell you, there's, it's not all right. It's not all right. I'm, I'm sounding an alarm this morning. I'm sounding a trumpet this morning. It's dangerous to start compromising. We are attracted to the feel-good qualities of God. Amen. Love and forgiveness and, and never stop that we're going to have to give an account for our sins. And so before we can ever really appreciate the grace of God, hear me, before we can really ever appreciate the grace of God, we must recognize our need of God's grace. Amen. I love God's grace. Why? Because I recognize that I need his grace. I must have his grace. I needed his grace this morning when I knelt in prayer. Amen. I need his blood to cover me today when I knelt in prayer. I, 
I don't want to just think it's all okay. I don't want to just think it's all okay. I got, we can't just make up the rules as we go. I've often mentioned that we need to pray for, let me, that we need to pray for, I got two thoughts hit me at the same time. <laughs> we need to pray for forgiveness of our sin and our iniquity. Not just the sins of actions and deeds, but we need to pray for the sins of our thought and intent. I've been talking about repentance, or I will be talking about repentance if I haven't already. And we talk about repentance a lot of times, and that's an important thing, and I don't want to underscore it with what I'm about to say. I just want to add two, if I may. But I wonder when's the last time that we didn't just repent about something, but we asked God to deliver us from it. When's the last time we lost our temper and just said whatever we thought? And we said, oh, Lord, I want you to forgive me of that. But we never asked God to deliver us from it. There is a difference. We need to pray for deliverance from things that keep causing us to stumble and not just keep repenting for over the things that cause us to stumble. And we gotta quit making it for it. We got to quit finding a nail to hang it on. Well, you know, my whole family, they've always had bad tempers and blah, blah, blah. It's just part of who we are. Give me a break. Give me a break. You're going to claim, we're going to claim to be born again. We're going to claim to be a new man in Christ. We're going to be claimed that, that we bury that old man and that old nature and yet we're going to hold on to the things that we want to hold on to. Amen, if there is some bent or proclivity in our spirit that takes us back down the road, we don't need to just keep repenting for it. We need to say, God, I'm asking you to deliver me. I want to be delivered from my... I want to be delivered from whatever it may be. I want to be delivered from my bad temper. I want to be delivered from my nosy spirit. I want to be delivered from my busybody spirit. Amen, I want to be delivered from my gossiping tongue. I want to be delivered for this. I want to be, de deliver me from these things. Don't just forgive me, but deliver me from these things. Amen, amen. Deliver me from these things. I don't want to keep being held hostage by the same thing again and again. Amen, God that I'm preaching about today says, I love you, but you're going to have to change. And then he says, I'll help you change. I'll give you a new nature. The first thing that we got to do is repent of our sin and stop making the same excuses for it. We can't just say, it's me again, Lord, again and again and again over the same thing again and again and again without at some point saying, I need your deliverance. I need you to help me. I need you to deliver me. And so we have to come back to the real God. Yes, he is a God of love and he is a God of forgiveness and he is a God of mercy. All of those things are true. But that's not all he is. He's also a God of holiness and a God of purity and a God of righteousness and a God of separation and a God of judgment. Amen. And so we just can't pick and choose the attributes of God. I've got to come to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry for what I've done and I need you to help me change. Change me. I suggest that there are many people today that think 
that they are okay with God when in fact, in reality, they are not okay with God. Amen. I know this puts me in a position to appear to be judging and I'm not saying that today at all but I'm telling you that the word of God is plain and we've got to just put it out there and I've got to break off that loaf and apply it to my life. He said to Ezekiel, I want you to eat the word. I want you to eat this whole loaf. We need to get it in us, not just rub it on us, but we need to get the word of God in us. Amen. There are many people that have no idea what they need to do to be saved. And here's the the tragic truth, and that is because pulpits across America are silent. Amen. Just all is well. Everything is great. Just love your brother. Just everybody, just, let's just hold, hold hands and sing kumbaya and everything will be all right. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a reckoning day. There's a reckoning day coming. And at that hour, I would not want to be a muted preacher. Amen. I would not want to be that man standing there with my hand over my mouth. But I want to be one that says, God, I was telling it, I was telling it, I was telling it. Amen. I, I know that there are people today that somehow think everything is all right because they don't understand the requirements of God or, or, or they're unwilling to submit themselves to his word. God's requirements are quite simple. I'm going to tell you to those that say, I just can't do it, it's too hard. You're misreading your Bible because the Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. If you will truly want to just sell out, the first thing we've got to do is admit we're lost. Amen. We've got to admit we need God. Amen. And here's what the Bible says. All have sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God. So there's nothing to be ashamed of. Because there's not one person in this house that hasn't fallen short of the glory of God. That's God's beginning diagnosis for humanity. We're all sinners. But the good news is he died for our sin. While we were yet sinners, the scripture said, Christ died for us. Realizing our dilemma, God took drastic measures. He robed himself in flesh and he went, walked among us and went to the cross and died for our sin. He died in our place. I need to admit that I'm lost and undone. And then I need to repent. Repent's not just something for sinners. Amen. We need to repent. I don't ever, let me, you won't ever hear too many sermons on the value of repenting. Never, never, never. Don't ever let somebody discount or devalue repentance and what it means in our lives. I know many of you know it, but put it on the screen. Acts 2.37 On this infamous moment and day of Pentecost, as Simon Peter began to explain to those onlookers what was going on, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. I could pause right here and tell you that I am convicted in my heart when the preaching of the word of God goes forth and it doesn't prick the hearts of man. When people walk out the same as they walked in, I have to go home and reconcile that in my heart. Amen. I'm telling you, more than one time, I've laid across an altar and said, God, I I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I don't know if it's me. I need to examine the corridor of my heart. 
because I'm telling you what we need is preaching that'll prick the hearts of people today. Amen. They were pricked in their heart and they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's not ever a record, there's not ever an instance anywhere where anybody was baptized any other way than in the name of Jesus Christ or in the name of the Lord Jesus in all of Scripture. The Bible says in Acts 17 and 30, in the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. And so Simon started right there. We gotta repent. We gotta repent. Repentance means I gotta change my mind. Amen. I gotta change the direction that I'm walking in. If you're walking this way, then I gotta turn and walk that way. I gotta change my life. I've gotta change my life. I share with you, and let me just summarize the story, I think recently about the lady that spoke to me and, and, and told me, she said, I, I have considered myself saved for many, many years, but she said, God, in the last several months has been bringing Pentecostal women, this is her testimony to me, Pentecostal women into my life. I have met them in the marketplace. I've met them in the mall. I've met them here. And she said, they were so kind and so friendly. And, and she said, but every time they turned and walked away from me, I looked at them and watched them walk away. And she said, I said to myself, they look saved. They look different but I still look just like I looked all of those years ago. That was her testimony. And so I say take heart to our apostolic men and women, amen, that we don't need to compromise. We need to hold on, amen. We, we need to hold on. It's more than just repenting. We gotta be baptized in the only saving name given among men. And then the Bible says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I think that Jesus wants to personally come and take residence in our heart. He wants to not just be our Savior, but he wants to be our friend. But can I tell you, he doesn't just want to be our friend. He wants to be our Savior. And so in the big picture of things, if you're a child here today, what you really need, you think you want a pal, but what you really need is a parent. It'll be better for you to resist and resent your parent for a few years in your life than to grow up and realize that they were trying to be your pal and not your parent and spend the rest of your life resenting your parent. You'll only resent your pal a few years, but you'll resent your parent the rest of your life. Or you'll only resist your parent, you'll only resent your parent a few years, but you'll resent your pal the rest of your life. We have a role to play. We have a role to play. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens, this is my promise, I will come in. And so if we leave this service today without the baptism of the Holy Ghost and without, or without victory of the baptism of the Holy Ghost in our lives, then we will do that unnecessarily because he came today ready to give us the victory over sin, to deliver us from things that are troubling us in our lives. Amen. Jesus said in the scripture, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says two will be working in a field and one will be taken and one will be left. Two at the bed, one will be taken, one will be left. The scripture talks about hell has opened her mouth without measure. That's what the scripture says. And yet in our modern way of thinking, you find me somebody that's lost. 
Some people want to remain undecided. But can I tell you, there is no muddy middle. And so when we have been undecided, we have decided against. The decision has really already been made. Because you see, death can knock on our door today. And we could be hurled into eternity before this day ends. And so we've got to ask ourselves, where would I go? I'm going to tell you not long ago my wife was in a conversation and that's as far as I want to take that. But she was in a conversation on the phone. She had it on speakerphone and she was talking to someone and they were talking about all that they were doing and they said, and I hope that's enough. When she gathered herself up off the floor, figuratively, she said, I cannot end this conversation on this note. That you're just going to be a good citizen and pay your taxes and you're just going to do this and hope this hope. We're talking about eternity. She wasn't being ugly. She wasn't being smart aleck. Not at all. Please don't, under, don't misunderstand that. But you see, we can't just, we can't just pretend everything is okay. There is right and there is wrong and there is a Bible demand upon, there is a mandate upon our lives and so we can't compromise at that moment. Amen. And so she had to swallow hard, so to speak, because you know, nobody wants to be an enemy, nobody wants to ruffle somebody's feathers, but you see, we just know too much about the word of God to hang up and pretend this is okay. We can't just hope this is going to be all right. You've got to think about eternity. Eternity is in the balances. If we still believe in heaven and hell, if we still believe in hell, then we must realize that eternity is at stake here. And so we must realize that we have to speak the truth. I've heard it said, certainly not original to me, but eternity is too long to be wrong. So I close with this. I close with this. That ultimately what happened in our beginning today was that Moses was called away by God to receive some divine instructions and in his absence things went awry. And it was because they had too much Egypt and not enough Canaan in their life. And after a while, the bent, the leanings, the desires, the hunger, the appetites of Egypt led them ultimately astray. And so this morning, I'm going to tell you again that I believe with all my heart we're a church in transition. We don't just need anointed leadership. We need anointed followers that says while he's on the mountain I'm going to tend to the principles of the word of God amen I'm not going to be making golden calves I'm not going to be doing this I'm not going to be doing that amen I pray that God will just touch our hearts can we stand I, I just feel that the spirit of God just speak something to our heart here today Please speak something to our heart today. Let, 
let this word kind of settle in our lives and our heart. Amen. Not to compromise our values, not to compromise our message. I, I only know what I know or at least the inception of what I know because somebody was holding and keeping the flame till I got here. Amen. Somebody was keeping the lights of truth on. I'm thankful they didn't compromise. I'm thankful that they didn't cut back but I'm glad they just kept pushing. They just kept pushing. Because of that today, we have what we have. Amen. Can we just pray? Can we? I don't really know what to do here. But if you would like to come down to the front, we'll just pray and ask God to touch our heart. Amen. In an hour of compromise, in an hour where absolutes mean so very, very little. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.